Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 273 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This week is part one of two of an interview with Randy Merriman. Randy gives us three interesting perspectives on recruiting. Randy is an owner of a baseball organization, Marucci Midwest. The organization is located in Ozark, Missouri, and has baseball teams ranging from 9 years old to 18 years old. Their facilities consist of a 23,000-square-foot facility with 14 cages, weights, mounds, hit tracks technology, tees, pitching machines, and anything a player needs to train for baseball. The Marucci Clubhouse Midwest is right next to the U.S. Ballpark which is a newly refurbished, all-turf, 4,000-plus seat park that hosts many Marucci Midwest practices and games. High school games, including the Missouri High School State Championships and two college programs, Drury University and Baptist Bible College. In the summer, there are many tournaments and the Show Me Collegiate Woodbat League and the Adult Woodbat League called Grip and Rip Baseball League. Randy will tell us more about his involvement with Marucci Midwest and how club sports can help you in your recruitment. Then we switch to Randy's other role in recruiting, and that is the role of a dad. Randy has a current college baseball player that just went through the recruiting process. You'll hear advice from Randy and his son's experience to play college baseball. And then the third aspect is Randy is a college baseball coach. Hear how he is helping to revive baseball at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, and how a college coach looks at recruiting. But you'll have to listen to the next episode, episode 274, to hear his college coach advice to you. In this part one of the interview, we cover recruiting subjects like how club or travel organizations can help you get recruited, the different levels of college sports, how finding a college fit is important, the recruiting timeline, how honest communication positively affects your recruitment, and how his son worked to find the right college fit. Much of this episode talks about baseball, but Randy's recruiting information translates very well to many other sports especially those that have club or travel teams. Next week, Randy and I will cover some advice directly from one parent to another and advice from the college coach side of it, advice on making a college choice, advice on contacting college coaches, how academics and the student-athlete's eligibility is important, how the number of players on a roster is important to your decision-making, and how tournaments, showcases, and videos help in your recruitment. So let's get into part one of this information-filled episode. Randy, you're the owner and operator of uh, a baseball organization, and uh, you're a college baseball coach and the dad of a college baseball player. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about each of those roles in your recruiting pr- in, in the recruiting process? I've been involved in uh, Marucci Midwest, formerly Midwest Nationals, uh, for 20 years. So I was kind of one of the pioneers, I guess, in the area of uh, travel baseball academies. And so that kind of has its own uh, lane of helping kids uh, get to various levels of college and professional baseball. And uh, recently uh, restarted the baseball program at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, they had not had baseball since 1985, and we've started that. And so uh, another avenue that, that I can get into the recruiting process, actually from the college coach side, 
And yeah, my oldest son is playing baseball at St. Louis Community College at Merrimack, and he's a freshman there. And so we've went through that process with him as well. So I do, I do have uh, at least some experience in uh, college baseball recruiting for sure. Yeah, I'd say that you do. And uh, we are uh, my youngest son plays in your organization. And I know you've uh, been successful over the last 20 years of getting uh, high school students, student athletes to uh, transition into the college uh, baseball programs. Tell us how many, approximately how many players have you had go into college baseball and even into the major leagues through your organization? I haven't tallied them up after last year, but we're somewhere in the range of uh, 800 kids have uh, signed college scholarships. Um, more about 95 guys have been drafted to Major League Baseball, and we've had 10 guys make it all the way to the big leagues, including uh, Dallas Keuchel, who won a Cy Young Award with the Astros. Yeah, not too bad. So, Randy, paint us a picture of how your baseball organization, the Murchie Midwest Group, uh, helps get their players recruited. You know, we have a little bit of different approach. As you know, I know I have friends that are in this in this business that have academies all over the country. And I think we do things a little bit different. We try to, you know, definitely play a competitive schedule for the kids and go to some events that have some recruiters, but we really rely almost solely on relationships that we have with college coaches that we've built uh, up a level of trust and that we can reach out and kind of be that bridge for the player to the program fit. So we don't necessarily subscribe to the you know, go to a mass showcase and, you know, hope you stand out and hope somebody recruits you. We're more of, you know, being able to uh, talk to the college coaches on the player's behalf, let them know what kind of student, uh, what kind of character they have, you know, and what their strengths and weaknesses are as a player. And so we, we really, that's our mode of recruiting is, is just talking with the college coaches uh, individually. The Recruit Me families that listen to this podcast know that uh, my both of my sons are, are baseball players, and uh, you guys have helped Sutton already, and uh, us uh, bouncing some colleges off your off uh, your expertise, and you guys reaching out to those coaches and helping us, and hopefully we'll be making a commitment here pretty soon. So we appreciate that. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. You know, yeah. it's really uh, you know when you when you send out for the most part when you send out you know just fill out questionnaires on somebody's website or you know just try to reach out to colleges you don't, you really don't know where that information is going. You know, is it going in the recycle bin? Is it actually being followed up on? And and the way that we do it, at least we can reach out and say, hey, you know, we have this kid, you know, Sutton Hanks, he's a, you know, athletic outfielder, you know, he's got arm strength, he can run, you know, would that be a fit for your program? And we can talk through the process. So at least we know that the college has interest or doesn't have interest, you know, doing it blindly. Uh, we don't really get that kind of feedback. So I think that that works for us. Recruit me. We kind of uh, try to get people to get a list of 30 or 40 schools. And then uh, when we talked to you, I think we had 15 or 20, you, you guys helped us narrow down to, you know, probably eight or nine. And uh, right now three or four of them are on our, on our radar. And so that really helps kind of narrow that down and get, uh, get that funnel down to a point where we where where uh, Sutton's ready to make a decision. So, so again, that's the advantage of, uh, having you guys around and having your club organizations help you, whether it's basketball or baseball or volleyball or wrestling, um, you know, that, that's, that, that'd be an opportunity to, uh, take advantage of your club sports. You guys know people that I don't know, and you guys know situations that I, you know, that a family's not going to know about what's going on at that, at that particular college at that time and how players might fit uh, to a team. So that was, that's been very helpful to us. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it just, 
you know, where your older son goes at Northwestern, there's a kid that played for us, Kellen Pate, who's, you know, on the team at Northwestern. And I had known Josh Reynolds, who's the coach at Northwestern from his days at Kansas State and doing things there. And so it's really about just connecting dots and seeing if you can find the right fit for the player in the program. And going back to my old car selling days, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that, that makes a big difference. That's just another main element in this recruiting process. So, Randy, how do players and families need to look at the different levels of college baseball? You know, there's JUCO, there's NAIA, there's uh, NCAA Division Three, Division Two, II, Division One, and, and what level does your uh, college play for? What level does uh, BBC play for? Yeah, BBC is uh, NCCAA, which is the National Christian College Association, uh, the same as College of the Ozarks. They're governed kind of by NAIA rules, and so um, NCCAA, AA and, and NAI are very comparable at kind of the levels of schools. Most of the schools are private and, you know, they, they play a kind of a dual schedule. So we'll play, you know, Christian colleges will also play NAI schools that uh, participate in that. And so there's definitely, you know, a lot of different levels. And I think, you know, there are, uh, I think there are 45 colleges in the state of Missouri that have baseball programs. There's every level of baseball represented just in our state. So you can imagine what that's like coast to coast. And there's opportunities for everybody. I think it's just understanding the difference in what those levels are and pairing that with kind of student are you, what are you looking at for the social aspect of things and how does how do all those things tie in with your baseball ability? And so, you know, I really encourage parents to, you know, try to take in as many games at each level as they can so they get a feel for that. Right here in Springfield, you can watch Division One baseball on the Bears. You can watch Division Two baseball with Drury. You can watch NAI baseball on the Heart of America Conference with Evangel. You can watch BBC and CCAA, and you know, and you don't have to go too awful far to go watch uh, Junior College Power and Crowder, or you can go to a you know Division Two Junior College and go watch those guys at like North Arc, which is not a long drive. So. You know, parents that want to see what that level of baseball is, I really encourage them to do that because I think there's this, you know, there's a little bit of misconception that once you get past Division One baseball, that all other baseball is no good. And that's just not the case. So I would encourage people to take advantage of, you know, the resources they have and go watch some baseball games this spring. Well, and all those levels hang a national championship banner, don't they? They really do. You know, there's Dave Bingham, uh, you know, a good friend of mine that used to work with us. He's with the San Diego Padres now. He's a he was a 30-year college baseball coach. And he says that at every level, so D1, D2, D3, NAIA, all the junior college levels, within those levels, all those levels, all those teams either fall into a championship type program. So that's somebody that's, you know, year in and year out, has got a chance to compete and go on the postseason. Um, you know, they have competitive programs and those are guys that, you know, are, are not bad. They're 500 type ball clubs. Every now and again, they have a great year and they go on a postseason. And then there are some that are a little bit more recreational, even at the competitive college level. And so finding out kind of what those programs do, where they fit is very important for people to, to see, because, you know, some people really want to go out there and compete for national championships and some kids, it's better if they just, you know, go and get their education and get to play baseball at a little bit more of a laid back uh, type of level. That's awesome. And, and there's obviously you guys have had 
major division one type of players go through your program, but I would say, and I'm just guessing, but I would say 95% of the kids that you have through your program are probably not those uh, five-star division one type of players. So when do players and families need to kind of identify what level that their, their uh, student athlete can play at? If you think that your, your player is going to be, you know, like a power five division one player, most of those kids are committed by the time that they're the summer after their sophomore year is over. You know, if you're, if you're not getting division one interest by that time, it's going to have to be a little bit of a unicorn for you to find that fit at the division one, high division one level. And so then it's just a trickle down, you know, I mean, it's a, the, the D one big D one guys get to kind of pick first and then everything trickles down from there. So, you know, kind of the recruiting timeline, which has definitely changed over the years, is realistically between, you know, the summer of your incoming freshman year to the fall of your junior year, or the summer of your sophomore year. That's kind of when the big boys are, are, are kind of fishing at that point. Randy, uh, how can a player, how do you like to see players engage with you guys and how do you engage with your players at the club level uh, about their recruitment? I think the biggest thing is that for everybody to be honest about their what their dreams are, but then where they are as a player and, and really what they want. You know, I've had meetings with players and parents and I, I've worked, made all these connections and helped a kid get a college scholarship. And we get down to the time for the kid to commit. And the, then the kid will say, you know, I really don't want to go four hours away from home. You know, I'm, I'm in love. I've got a girl and I want to stay here. That they weren't honest in communicating with me. And those things would have helped. And so I hope that the parents will accept the feedback from the people they're, they're working with about what the kid's talent level is and ability level. And then I hope the players and parents are honest about what they want out of the process as well. So we encourage everybody to reach out to us and, you know, to start that process uh, like you have done, make a list, narrow the list down, find the fit. That's really what the process is all about. But there needs to be a level of honesty there. You know, I'm, I'm often shocked at how the parents and the players are on different pages a lot of times. Are you shocked now that your kid went through it or has that changed? I'm not shocked at that. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I have a, you know, my oldest son um, loves baseball and he, he knows where he is and he know, knows where he wants to be. And he did all the research on his own about what that fit would be. And, and he made a really good decision in my mind for the fit for him. It was important that uh, he used his A plus scholarship that he had, which could get uh, any of the two-year schools in Missouri paid for for free. So that was a, that was a smart financial decision. He made a decision on a junior college that competes in region 16, which is one of the best uh, regions in the country. It's usually dominated by Crowder and Jeffco, but he knows that he can go play against Crowder and against Jeffco and against those people and be seen by four-year schools. And he picked a place that would, you know, where he could, he felt like he could get on the field pretty quick. And he also picked a place that he wanted to live. Um, he didn't want to live in some of the smaller towns where some of the junior colleges are located. He wanted to be in the big city. He wanted to go to St. Louis Cardinals games and blues games and all the things that go with that. And so I think he made a good decision for the, the person and player that he is. Well, and I just saw that he got to play at Bush stadium there where the Cardinals play uh, here in, in fall ball, didn't he? That was yesterday actually. Yeah. And so that, that was really fun for those guys. And like I said, he made a very, what I think he made a very informed decision 
and a good decision for who he is and what he wants to do. I actually had very, very, very little to do with that process with him. Um, we had some financial conversations about what it would look like to go to a certain school versus another certain school. We had some conversations about what I knew about the coaching staff and and if he would uh, mesh well with them. But other than that, he made that decision. He reached out to the coaches. He sent them video. He gave them their schedule. And, and then he made that decision on his own. Well, and playing on that, we kind of transitioned real fast to you as a dad. You, you gave some great advice there. What specific advice would you, would you glean out of there uh, that you would give to a high school student athlete about recruiting? And then we'll also, what would you give to the family of a high schooler as a dad that just had a, had a son recruited? Well, I left you with a question to Randy, that as a dad, he will give you some recruiting advice as a parent. So listen next week to hear his answer and to dive into his advice as a college coach. Join me next Tuesday for episode 274 by tuning into your favorite podcast app or go to recruit-me.com backslash podcast three. Starting back in episode 265, I started to share Appendix F of the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System Manual. You can get the whole Recruit Me 3.0 system by going to recruit-me.com backslash system and click on the Get Access button to take advantage of the fall special of only $99. Appendix F is part of the 200-plus page step-by-step recruiting manual and is titled How to Study and Make the Most of Your Time. Today, let's start the Taking Exams section. This section includes advice on taking objective exams and taking essay exams. Here is your guidance on objective exams. Surveying. Survey any objective examination to find out what types of questions you are being asked. Surveying helps you to know what to expect. Knowing the ground rules. Always read the directions. Indicate your answers exactly the way the directions state. Make sure your answers are clear. Determine what the scoring rules for the test are and then follow them to your advantage. For example, if wrong answers are penalized, don't guess unless you can reduce the choices to two. Answering easy questions first. Answering easy, easy to you, questions first is the best strategy. If you stumble over difficult questions for too long, you may not be able to complete the exam. Picking out key words. Objective examination questions usually contain one or more key words. A key word or group of words are those in which the truth or falsity of the statement hinges. Learn to spot the key words in the statement that define the meaning. If a statement contains two clauses, one of which is false, the whole statement is false. Usually, two statement true-false questions are either both true or false. Reading multiple choice questions. Multiple choice questions are essentially true-false answers arranged in groups. Usually, only one alternative is correct. Your job is to pick the alternative that is more nearly true than the others. Read multiple choice questions the same way as you do for true and false. Eliminate obvious false choices. Reading other types of questions. The methods used to answer true, false, and multiple choice questions apply to matching questions as well. Always scan the entire list of alternatives before matching any. As in the other type of questions, try to identify key words in each list and test them. Completion questions require you to provide a word or a phrase. When you encounter completion questions, choose your words carefully. If you don't know the answer, give it your best guess, as oftentimes such responses get at least partial credit. Next week, we'll hit strategies on essay examinations. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast, and join me next Tuesday to listen to part two of an interview with Randy Merriman.
a baseball organization owner, the father of a college student athlete, and a college head coach.